Have you ever seen radar? Nah. I thought they would send me like a, what is it, the Amber Alert, Alert or some shit, or the emergency notification or some shit, man. That... Amber's with the. <laughs> There's <laughs> missing so child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Honda Amber is if there's there. a kid missing shit. Tornado coming through in a Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. God damn. Okay. I had a memory sort of pop into my head the other day of when I was 16. And I came into my bedroom, and on the table in my bedroom, there was a shoebox. And I knew what was in the shoebox. And my heart sank immediately. So I sat down at the shoebox, and my dad walked in. And he said, he said, you care to explain this? And... Oh, it was your shoebox shoe that had been unearthed. It was. In the shoebox was uh, some rolling papers, a lighter, oh. and some visine. And... <laughs> no it, weed, though. No weed. No weed. Nah, you smoked the weed. You smoked the weed. <laughs> and I remember, I, I remember my dad it, saying, do you care to explain this? And I said... Well, you see, me and my friends, we were lighting some fireworks, and the smoke got in our eyes, and we needed some visine because it made our eyes irritated, and we were putting the black hats in rolling papers. Wow. <laughs> wow. And like when you're when you're when you're young, you don't realize that you're just dead to rights at that point. <laughs> yeah. so you know dumb, what I mean? You yeah. think like you could still maneuver your way out of that shit. <laughs> yeah. Like you could MacGyver That's so that funny. shit. Nah. It was in a shoebox. My mom found my weed in a Vera Bradley purse. I kept it in this Vera Bradley, like, fucking quilted purse some aunt gave me, and it smelled so bad. <laughs> I I kept my weed in my bass drum. I remember that, of my drum kit. But I never kept the... Well, that's smart. Yeah, but I never kept the... Uh, I just, like, I just think it's such a funny genre. Like, excuses you gave your parents that they saw through, like, they clearly saw through. Because I remember telling that to my dad, my dad looking at me like, are you serious right now? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he didn't believe that you would think that he would believe that shit was true? <laughs> exactly. But she thought it was gold. Like, you thought she were maneuvering. <laughs> Absolutely. What does he say, though? Mama would say some shit like, do you want to try that again? <laughs> like, another excuse, like, let's, let's do, let's do let's that again. Back, let's back. try it. Let's re- yeah. <laughs> My buddy Brandon Young had the best. He uh, remember when Sable would come out in WWF with the with the body paint on her titties. Yes. He said she came out one night. He said, and I was beating the devil out of it while she was out there. He said about that time my mom had some guests in, but they were in there in the other room. He said, and I would have swore to God that I locked my door. About that time, I hear my mom open the door say, "Come out and say hi to your aunt." He said, and I looked up, he said, I looked at my mom and I was full staff, and he said, I didn't know what to do, so I just played dead like I was asleep. <laughs> Even though we made eye contact. <laughs> he went full possum. Yeah, he pulled out possum routine. He just sitting there hard as a rock, beating the devil out of it, and his mom walks in. He just plays dead. I don't know what I would do. I guess I would do the same thing. Yeah, rigor mortis, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny to think about... As a as a youth, you think you're like, nah, they probably, 
They they probably didn't know. But like now that I'm older, I'm like, oh god, they knew everything. <laughs> like, uh, man, I couldn't even mom, lie to my mom. My mom knew every time to... I tried. She knew. My mom used to just tell me I stink because after I like because I smelled like pot, and I always was like, do you really not know what pot smells like? <laughs> She's like, you stink. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. Wow. Oh, I used to tell her my friend's dad smoked cigars in the house. Oh, That's what I, I would see. tell her. I see. That's uh, much better than saying you were lighting fireworks with your friends and it irritated <laughs> your the eyes. smoke got in your eyes. <laughs> you serious right now? I would, uh, whenever uh, my friend Diana's parents would, would go out of town, and uh, shout out to Junior T. Dolph. He's listening here. I know he listens sometimes. But we, we would go up there and write Diana's parents' liquor cabinet. And I came home drunk as a dog one night. And uh, I'd walked home. And I don't remember much of this. But my mom, uh, I just remember waking up face down on the couch. And uh, uh, my mom said, I know when you've been, when you've been drinking. And she said, because... Uh, Whenever, uh, whenever you come in, you've been drinking, you go straight to bed. But whenever you come in and you've not been drinking, you go straight to the refrigerator and get you a snack. <laughs> <laughs> and well, one night I came home from Diana's and I was dog-ass drunk. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I remember that. So I'm going to throw a little curveball tonight. <laughs> I walked in there drunk in hell. <laughs> Went to the refrigerator and... <laughs> Dropped a whole goddamn gallon of milk and busted it all oh over the kitchen God. floor. I looked at her and she looked at me and I just went to the couch and fell asleep face down. She didn't say nothing to me. She just cleaned it up and I felt so bad. I just dropped that goddamn milk and just went like that. It should explode. It just... You know what I'm saying? It's just like a big mess, and I didn't say anything else. I just went and passed out, face down on the couch. <laughs> oh, Poor Garnet. God damn. <sighs> um, I definitely thought that shoebox story was going somewhere else. I figured it was I did full too. Porn. Yeah, I figured it was full of Playboy. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I, but learned, Tom took I've, it there. It was fine. I've learned this, and kids probably with internet porn probably just don't have like, you know, like, pages to where I have a playboy stuck under their mattress anymore but i bet usually parents are good sports about that you know what i mean because that's an awkward conversation to have over such a minor offense you know what i mean yeah. like i don't want to have that conversation anymore or anything else but drugs i feel like you probably have to address maybe right a bit. nah man i uh I... go ahead Tony. go ahead no, you go. You go ahead. Yeah, you just remind me. I was when I was a younger man, and you know, I used to have uh, like the pay per view, like like Playboy channels and Spice and all of that shit, man. Oh yeah. I ordered that shit. My parents like using their account because I didn't pay bills, man. I was like twelve, <laughs> and like I went to the, you know, you got to go to channel nine hundred and seventy four, some shit <laughs> like that. And I went and was buying like these movies because they were like three ninety nine. I get to see some moving titties. Like, this okay, is a good deal, go. you know. <laughs> Yeah, the bill came in for some soft core. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except, nah, that was when it wasn't even. You had to pay to get the hardcore, man. You know, that wasn't the after HBO after hours type shit. And like, okay. the bill came in, and my mother looked at that shit. And the first place she went to was my father, but my father, like, you know, he wasn't ordering that shit, man. But 
Luckily, she said him instead of cover herself because he just sat me down and like talked to me. Was this you? I was like, yeah. He was like, it's all right. I'm going to take care of it. And he ended up calling the cable service explaining that was his son that they could cancel. They were like, nah, man. You can't cancel that shit. You paid for it. He watched it, right? He watched it. And then he's ready to beat you little ass. Yeah, they was They were like, that's a nice story and all, but sorry. You got to pay for it. Yeah, my dad tried to do what I tried to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I love this tried premise. To, get to, the, to the TV company, but she tried to do them. So then your mom you called and was like, "See, my husband divorce. watched these." And they were like, "You got to <laughs> yeah. pay still." Yeah, it was just saving ass like three times around, you know. My dad had to save himself, tried to save me, and ended up, you know, having to throw me under the bus. It's all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Directv. My husband, he's a he's a decrepit son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't order these though. <laughs> I get this question a lot in sex ed where parents are like, what do I do? My like 12 year old is looking at all this crazy shit on the family computer. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to shame him, but he can't be pulling this shit on the family computer. La la la. I'm like, get them their own tablet. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I know to tell you, man. They know you can't swim upstream your whole life. Just give in. Just like, what are you going to do? You can't stop kids from watching porn. Fuck. There's just no. You should have been. It shit is natural can't, as hell. Can't stop the rain. No, no. God, I, I was like, knock on the door and get them their own tablets. All I know to tell you. I go, I go fuck with that coax until uh, real sex would come in legibly <laughs> enough. I'd, yeah, uh-huh. I'd go to town on Showtime, it. Showtime, the lines. <laughs> I just got my first glass dildo. It's like a literal scepter. It's gorgeous, and I have this very vivid memory of watching through the lines on showtime I th- it might have been a real sex episode where they do did like a behind the scenes on glass dildos and they showed how they made glass dildos and i remember being like wouldn't that kill you <laughs> <laughs> i was so young that i was just like horrified at the thought like what if it broke <laughs> just like i was just so i just i just have this vivid memory of being horrified at the thought of glass oh, yeah. toys that is terrifying yeah i know well and as a kid like i didn't know what the fuck was going on anyway and i was you know only watching it through the half i also have this vivid memory of one of them uh showing how you make a mold of someone's ass <laughs> like an asshole mold an asshole <laughs> mold yeah it was a porn star and they like did this whole clay thing over her ass um so that so that they could make a fuckable ass like a doll it's like an exact replica of her ass and i was just like holy shit like that's the kind of shit i was imagine like no wonder i'm a sex educator now just absolute insane yeah imagine like having to have your asshole smeared with like that plaster whatever and having it sit there for like an hour while artists she looked like she was having a good time she was just like she was just like laid up on this bed on her she's like (laughs) getting my ass sculpted (laughs) (laughs) the shit we encountered through the lines on showtime Mm -hmm. that's also how i watch the l word it's formative formative a lot very um well, uh, welcome to the show this week for the. Uh, <laughs> God, this was a rough, this was a wild start, Terrence. <laughs> for, for the week of March seventeenth, um, to get things started this week, I've got a get in the goods. I have a segment for getting the goods, a little mini one, just a little, uh, just a little thing to get us, just a little lead in the gas tank for, uh, or a little nas, whatever the correct anecdote here is. 
to get us started. Um, but if you're not familiar with getting the goods, getting the goods is our segment about <laughs> how direct action gets the goods. Um, and so I put it up on Twitter this week, but I didn't really get to dig into it on Twitter. So uh, I just want to uh, just introduce you all to um, let you, uh, Eastern Kentucky folk hero Michael Baker, who um, was caught stealing gas from a police guard. And I just wanted to read the article because it's a really goddamn funny article. Um, so there, here it is. Facebook photo leads to arrest for stealing gas from police car. There it was on Facebook for all to see. <laughs> Michael Baker with a gas can, a siphon hose stuck into a police cruiser in eastern Kentucky, and a middle finger raised. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, among those who saw it were Jenkins police, who arrested a 20-year-old Baker on Monday and charged him with theft by unlawful taking. Baker told WYMT-TV in Hazard there wasn't much fuel in the car to siphon, and the stunt on Friday was intended as a joke. Baker's girlfriend took the photo and posted it. But police didn't laugh. Chief Alan Borms... <laughs> Borms... Says that if Baker would steal from police, he'd steal from anybody. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Nah, not necessarily. These things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, the man seems awfully moral to me. Oh, uh, yeah. And then the authorities say they plan to buy lockable gas caps. The thing about this that multiple people pointed out, <laughs> the thing about this that multiple people pointed out as I posted it was, that was this man's gas. Ta this is taxpayer money, baby. He was oh, just taking right. back his surplus. Exactly. <laughs> this man stole his own gas. <laughs> I just hope that he drove to his drug dealer with that gas. Exactly. <laughs> hope he went and got some weed. Exactly. I got I got a funny story about about Michael Baker. He, his when he was little, we used to go to church with him. He uh, was part of the Baker Sandlin crew from Perk Creek, and he uh, they called him Pig when he was little. That was his nickname, Pig. And and alternatively, they would call him Amos. That was his middle name, Amos. A M O S, Amos. And uh, that's why I said March sixteenth shall heretofore be known as Michael Amos Pig Baker Day from here on out. When he was little, him and Ty's little brother Sydney would come to the pool all the time, and Sydney liked to do a little direct action of his own by doing something called the Kiss My Black Ass Dive. <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> and, and what he would do is he'd catch us up in the lifeguard chair. He's probably eight years old. And he'd jump off and he'd dive and he'd pull his pants down. And he'd say, kiss my black ass. And he'd <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, Pig was a little younger than Sydney, but they would, you know, they'd kind of gag up sometimes. And I don't know if you've seen the, the picture, but uh, Michael Pig Amos Baker is decidedly not black. He's blonde. <laughs> Where's that Celtics hat cocked to the side? But right. him and Sydney, I was up on the lifeguard stand one time, and they were at the end of the diving board. And I like, heard them kind of whispering to themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I knew some mischief was afoot. They were both on the same diving board? Yeah. They ran off together, and one went one way, and another went one way, and they both pulled their pants down and said, Kiss my black ass. <laughs> Yeah. It's real uh, solidarity, man. Yeah. <laughs> I had to sit him out for 15 minutes because of that. And, I, and now I apologize. I wasn't been an ally that day. I was being a cop. 
fuck. If they're taking you, they're taking us both. <laughs> yeah. an, an injury to one's an injury to all. Well, that is absolutely worth 15 minutes out of the pool. If they knew that's all they were going to get, why not keep going? Well, shit. In a twist of fate, Sid became a cop and Mike chose the outlaw lifestyle. He stayed true to it, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was that Sid's cop car? <laughs> he took the gas out of him. <laughs> so there you have it. Oh. Shit. Well, I thought that was a good installation, a second installation to the segment. Uh, the first installation was about animal rights activists in England digging up a old woman to uh, to get the goods. And you know what? You got to do what you got to do, whether it's siphoning gas from a cop car or digging up an 82-year-old's remains to get lab testing on animals. Uh, ended. You got to do what you got to do. It's not an easy job, but you know somebody's got to do it. <laughs> That's right. It's really not. I mean, digging up a dead body is pretty rough. But have you ever softened gas? It ain't no picnic neither. <laughs> yeah, you got a narrow window to work with too. I worked with this guy spraying weeds in the oil field, and he was like eighty years old, and he smoked like three packs of cigarettes just in the time that I was with him, from like five a.m. to five p.m. Can you imagine what your lungs look like after you've sprayed chemicals for decades and smoked three packs of dye? <laughs> what lung? I would come home because they put dye in that stuff, in the in and so so that you can tell where they sprayed it. And so I would come home just covered in green. I would come home just green. <laughs> it's untelling what's in your fucking system. Yeah, but I would watch that. I watched that dude sucking <clears throat> gas one time and then light a cigarette right afterwards. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What? Trying to like, blow his fucking face off. I was like, he probably had gas in his mouth. I was mouth. like, this rocks. <laughs> the best guys, like the best guys, are the guys you see at the gas station that got a about a three quarter smoked camel dangling out of their lips while they're pumping <laughs> some unleaded. Yeah. They don't yeah. give a damn. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I rode up to my house one time and on my front porch, I'd been gone a week. I did. I had no idea there was something at my house. One of my, a friend of a friend was on my front porch with a blowtorch making dabs or whatever with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. I said, man, you're about to blow my fucking house up, dude. What the, who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing? About that time, the guy I actually knew come out of the house. He's like, well, man, so we was just hanging out up here. <laughs> Listen, as a habitual smoker, like, like, just cause harm to yourself. Nobody else around you, please. Right, right. No homes. Right. They used all my kitchen pots. <laughs> this is fucking crazy, people. Um, well, so, um, here's someone who's never siphoned gas in their life, uh, I would be willing to bet. Um, J.D. Vance. Uh, J.D. Vance is back in the news this week. <laughs> his little broke ass should have when he ran out of gas <laughs> trying to get to his interview at Yale in that movie. Yeah, he should have. They should have applied some of that Jackson wisdom to his situation. I thought we banned him from the pod. Um, He's wormed his way we... back in the news, Tanya. I thought this was a good news hook because it concerns more than just J.D. Vance. I thought it was kind of an interesting um, story. So the story is that Peter Thiel, um, the uh, hedge fund uh, vampire, um, like <laughs> just such a literally and I'm gonna I'm gonna say something before you go any further. I've did my fair share of Peter Thiel hate, and mostly because of his involvement in the Bobby Schmurder case. <laughs> Welcome home, Bobby. <laughs> but the other thing is, is 
he might be on to something with this kid's blood thing. The man looks great. <laughs> he does. He's, he's very handsome. Old. I will say that. He's a ghoul, but he's extremely handsome. Fresh blood. Who well, knew? he is also, and I know this is a stereotype, but it is true. He is also a gay man. And I feel like most gay men I know over the age of 40 still look pretty good. Drink children's blood. Okay, Terrence. It's a horrible <laughs> <stereotype>. <laughs> Frankly offensive. Oh, wait, he's 53? God damn, he looks good. Shit. Um, he's using Pharrell skincare line. Ah, the children's blood, man. Um, so he donated $10 million to a super PAC established to back J.D. Vance for the Senate race in Ohio that is soon to be vacated by Republican Rob Portman. Um, this $10 million appears to be the largest contribution ever made to a super PAC backing a single candidate for the Senate. Um, I guess in the past, donations of this size have been given to super PACs backing multiple candidates, but this is the first time it's been given this much for one single candidate who actually hasn't even declared he's running yet. <laughs> I have a question. <clears throat> I mean, actually, anytime we talk about this level, this amount of money, I just can't even conceptualize it. I just disassociate immediately, basically. But my actual question is that there are supposedly really strict laws about super PACs working with candidates, and all these laws prohibit it. Like, they can't communicate at all, hmm. the super PAC and the candidate. <clears throat> Has anyone went down for that? Tanya, I want to say something. The alley has changed since you got out organized. <laughs> <laughs> The laws of engagement are not what they were in 2012 when you sent me to power when you sent me to power oh, shift that- as a delegate. <laughs> me having to uh, chase Russell all over goddamn Pittsburgh. I'll never forget your face, Tom, when y'all told you I wasn't going. <laughs> I said, "What? <laughs> yeah, you crazy? <laughs> no, really, is that not the law anymore?" Just nothing matters is what I'm saying. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nothing matters. So there's like, they've actually never, uh, this is actually a totally useless law. They've never. Because no. obviously Peter Thiel is communicating directly with J.D. Vance. Because then everybody would be <laughs> complicit. Because they're all doing the same shit. They'd have to go after everybody. Right. Uh, Rico. <laughs> We're going to use Rico to get Peter Thiel's pretty <laughs> ass in jail. <laughs> I thought. Then my question though is, it, what's the, can we just... It feels like, uh, just never mind. It's just like, we could, how if we, they're breaking the law, how do we could we just, conf- yeah, could we just confiscate $10 million? Yeah. Do whatever. I thought. Toss Peter into a river, and then we have $10 million to pay. <laughs> Let Bobby do the schmurder dance all over the pretty carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. I don't give a damn about nothing else. I just want Bobby to exact revenge on Peter too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the name of the super PAC was pretty fucking funny. The name of the super PAC is Protect Ohio Values. <laughs> like, what are Ohio Protect values? O- like Ohio values. Driving recklessly and very fast. <laughs> Listen, I ain't saying there's anything wrong being a, a gay man that harvests children's blood, but I wouldn't call that archetype in line with what he's deeming Ohio values here. <laughs> I don't know many Ohioans that are like Get, giving you a, 
giving you a hard time for raising your air conditioning bill for six dollars over what it normally is that's a that's a ohio value. that's an ohio value <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but Jesus. i was wondering like do you think jd will get the trump endorsement do you think he's gonna get the trump endorsement oh yeah i can see it is that what trump's doing now he's just endorsing candidates uh-huh, yeah it sounds like is he's it, just doing loser shit. <laughs> it, he's just, just remember looking you go presidential. Get your shot. I was the one that made it happen, even though I spent three years telling you why you shouldn't get it. I almost sent you all that press release and said, "This is fake, right?" He did. This isn't real. Is it was it? real. real as hell. Uh, we was talked real. about it on the show Sunday. Real as hell. Yeah. <laughs> real or not? I think I think he would endorse. JD Vance. I mean, like, even though he hasn't announced that he's running, but doesn't JD Vance kind of embody like Trump's whole like middle America, the silent majority, like, you know what I mean? The disaffected, like, white male, like, kind of thing. Like, it seems like he fits, but he's not as, he doesn't seem to be as absurd and comedic as Trump is in like an evil cartoon villain way, you know what I mean? I don't know if he could do the rallying that Trump did, you know? He's so unlocked. Yeah, he's yeah. he's bloodless. He's completely uncharismatic. Um, I don't. Th- Did he support Trump? Is he a Trump guy? He was the Trump whisperer. That's a different thing. That's like that that uh, Senate uh, parliamentarian that nobody knew existed. <laughs> <laughs> J.D. Vance is the Trump whisperer. There can be only one per term, and he was the one. <laughs> That's why it is so sad fundamentally sad that 10 10 million dollars is just getting flushed down the tubes because he won't win there's no universe in which jd vance wins a center race uh well what i love is we knew this was coming when he moved back to ohio and remember he remember him talking about how he just wanted to move back to small town america to columbus ohio (laughs) biggest city one of the biggest cities in the midwest several big cities <laughs> yeah like who who are you kidding here buddy you can get a direct flight to wherever the hell it was you used to live <laughs> and now he's running i'm sure this ohio valley's bullshit is gonna be some <laughs> rural people's blah 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 I, I just thinking of ohio values i can just picture brian quinby sitting in a driver's seat going sucking an old guy off again <laughs> <laughs> oh no Sucking an old guy <laughs> off again. God damn. Oh man. Uh, um Yo wait, it's it's it Matthew McConaughey running for governor of Texas too. Like it seems uh, like shit, really? That's what oh he said, man. God. Just post Trump. Like everybody's just like, you know, saying, you know what, this seems like a good idea. Like I should have political power because if this guy did it and I agree with him, maybe I could do it too. <laughs> Well, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Why at all. wouldn't they? Well, they're not wrong. Why wouldn't they run? Why wouldn't any dumbass with ten mil in the bank be like, "Hell, I guess I could be president or governor"? Or it's a new vanity project. I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Instead of yeah. like starting like a nonprofit or like you know, like adopting African children, you just run for governor or <laughs> senator yeah. of your state, man. Who was the first? Who started this trend? Was it Schwarzenegger? Shit, maybe Reagan, man. Reagan. Oh yeah, I Ronald guess it was Reagan. Reagan. Yeah, the OG. <laughs> OG. <laughs> then we had. Did yeah, he we like starred westerns or something? Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Clint Eastwood like some sort of mayor of a town? And I think what? he was the mayor now, of Liverpool, California, right? Who the fuck is that? 
Yeah, where is that? I thought that was in New York. No, that Wait, was in No, I thought it was in London. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Livermore or something. He was president. He was president. He was the mayor of some town in California. So there's precedence for this. My oh, there question is, no, let's is, not. My question is, Terrence, can Matthew McConaughey win the governorship of Texas? <laughs> As our Texas correspondent. You know, I... Th- what say you? I, I'm going to say no. I don't think he could. Um, Follow-up question. Could he beat Ted Cruz? <laughs> could, he win, <laughs> could he win the seat Beto shit the bed for? I, you know, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I... You I, know, really? You don't think if he made an actual run and you saw people who saw Matthew McConaughey <laughs> and Ted Cruz side by side... That they wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, fuck that's that guy. A, like, that's a fair point. Like, that's a fair you know. point. Did you see? Did you see the most recent um, Ted Cruz drag putting his face side by side with the grandpa from Months, the original Monsters? Oh God, it's so funny. <laughs> it looks just like. I uh, see. I think that's cold blooded. I think that's cold blooded. <laughs> uh, grandpa Al was a, a vowed socialist to his day. He was. He was one of us. <laughs> all right, all he right. He doesn't deserve to be maligned like that. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Nobody does, for that matter. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, let let us not leave out, uh, Brother Kane, who is the elect. He who went from the WWE to the elected mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson always gets thrown around as somebody that would run. You guys, you guys are forgetting the OG Jesse Ventura. That oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, anyways, uh, let's move on to the next topic. Um, I w- I'm gonna have to go get a glass of water, but y'all go ahead with that. Man. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Um, I actually saved this topic just for Tanya, but. She's like, now about I need water, I need hydration. <laughs> All right, so this uh, next this next topic is um, one I wanted to talk about on Sunday, but we didn't get to it because we spent an entire hour talking about the stimulus package, probably for the third weekend for the row, third so. consecutive week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Slow news cycle, boys. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Um, so this one um, is relevant to our home state of Kentucky, uh, going on right in our backyard. Um, it's pretty fucked up, but there's funny elements to it. So uh, this past week, the Kentucky Senate voted to criminalize insulting the police in a way that would cause, quote-unquote, violent response. Jesus Christ. Um, it was passed on the literal day before the anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death, which means they're just like doing an end zone yeah. dance. Dancing, throwing oh. around Gatorade, dousing yeah. themselves in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the bill would make it a misdemeanor to taunt or challenge an officer with words or gestures quote, that would have a direct tendency to provoke a violent response from the perspective <laughs> of a reasonable and prudent person. That that that's like that's just like saying let's criminalize like wearing sexy attire to the club to yeah you know what I mean, right. I mean oh. this is literally this is like the definition of porn right you know like we we'll just know it when we see it 
also like assuming that the, an, any officer is reasonable or prudent like that's that's that's, 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 that's a very <laughs> odd part that's like, a far stretch very big stretch so you're a fucking cop anyway well what about the plain clothes cops they've got parole parole in the bars now <laughs> how do you go how do you know um this so this is in kentucky terrence you said yeah this is in kentucky um State Senator Danny Carroll, Republican, who sponsored the bill, said it would enable officers to arrest someone inflaming them before the encounter turns violent. The provision <laughs> is meant to apply to the, the, the provision is meant to apply to comments that are quote obviously designed to elicit a response from the officer, something to push them to making a mistake, pushing them to violence. And then I he love, said, like, like you mean, but officer, why are you I, arresting me? Yes. Like, I love the tacit admission that cops that are can't. sociopaths that have no impulse control. <laughs> yes. yes, they exactly. have no self-control. It's like baked into this, like the ordinance. This is this is what they do instead of more trainings because the trainings aren't working. Exactly. It's like, well, I guess we're gonna have to criminalize everyone else it, it, further. Tom, you're exactly right. This is this is quite literally a bill acknowledging that cops are sociopaths. Violent sociopathic assholes who um, yeah have no impulse control and therefore we have to work around them. <laughs> this right. is what it says. It says, Danny Carroll said you don't have a right to accost a police officer. Well, no, I'm pretty sure I do. They're a person just like anyone else. <laughs> I'm going to get my taxpayer. I'm going to beat my taxpayer dollars right back out of them. Yeah, I'm <laughs> getting the gas out of yeah, that right goddamn gas tank. Cuff and stuff, man. Man, this I'm is so- like putting a baby in like a, a room that's that's just not safe environment for it to be in. Sharp corners, you know, drops, and then like just trying to baby proof it instead of taking the baby out of the fucking room in the first place and putting it somewhere else, man. You're just building something around them to accommodate their sociopathy. Yep, you're exactly right. Come um, on, help who, us. I, I need Did some names. I need some names who supported this shit. <laughs> yeah, was this was this did this pass or this was just introduced? It was passed. It was passed. I, it'll it'll but, never stand. Though. I mean, there's no way in hell that's constitutional. But still, saying a lot they, that we have tw- like at least 26 adults that voted for this. Yeah, it passed. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but it passed like 26 to 11 or something like that. How many are you following the legislative session, Terrence? <laughs> no. Are you prepared to take questions? <laughs> I have a few. Because <laughs> every, I mean, most of the time they're barely able to pass anything. If they pass five new law, if they if they get five things completely through till the end into law in one legislative session, it's a miracle. Mm-hmm. And it's always amazing to me that the ones that do make it out are the most just insane. <laughs> absolute bananas bizarro nonsensical shit yeah and i recently saw on the timeline that i haven't looked in further but kentucky has passed something that would literally limit kentuckian stimulus money do you know anything about this terrence no i didn't i didn't hear this no well i don't know either i don't know anything else but that is absurd (laughs) absolutely absurd I'm getting my goddamn stimulus. Yeah, I, don't, the, I don't care whose gas tank I have to siphon. I'm getting that goddamn I know. Money. I'm checking every day. I ain't checked today. I'm about to go check right now. My, it, what did y'all say? Every time I check mine, it says no information. 
That's what mine says too. And I did. Oh wait, where do you? Too. Oh, I was checking my bank. What do you mean? Where are you going to check? The There's a website. There's a website. website. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh God, I'm steering clear there. Um. So, I had that same reaction. I was like, do I really want to put my uh, social security number no. in the IRS.gov? <laughs> <laughs> no, sure don't. I sure do not. I, another thing this bill does, it's just incredible. Another thing this bill does is it seeks to counter the defund, defund the police movement by requiring that local governments, quote, maintain and approve funding to their law enforcement agencies. It literally yeah. requires them to give more money to their Georgia businesses. did the same thing, actually. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So yeah. it's like our already bloated, overfunded, sociopathic uh, paramilitary <laughs> arm needs more money and less consequences. That's what's going to turn the tide here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, that's all. That's all targeted, man. It's like they're like that. The whole like sort of disgusting like mean-spiritedness of all that it's like like i was watching the news earlier it was talking about the the uh murders in atlanta the guy that shot mm-hmm. up the the massage parlors and like the cops are on fox fox five out of atlanta saying oh this was not racially motivated <laughs> you know what i mean it's like yeah like and what even if they think that, why would they fucking say that? Uh, it's it's what been I, that's what it's I, been hours. But but it's like also the people that have denied the existence of racism are are not should not be the arbiters of what is not a hate right. crime. You man, know what I mean? I, man, I just think that like I mean I, I said it earlier, man. But it's like saying that just because this dude says that it wasn't racially motivated, and you know people will be like, well. Um, we we didn't see a manifesto or anything like that right it's just like dude like we live in a racial capitalistic society like it doesn't have to be him espousing these views it's the condition under which we live right. of course it's fucking racially motivated you know what i mean yeah. The Constitution of the United States is a manifesto. Yes. Essentially, is a fucking white supremacist manifesto. Right. What do you mean? There's no manifest. <laughs> right. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's shit I've ever point. heard. <laughs> <laughs> These laws, all our laws, literal manifestos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because people do think they they do think like. Our laws are just like these immutable, like things written on stone pillars handed down by God from Mount Olympus, or you know, or whatever Mount God lives on these days. <laughs> <laughs> to like our like elected officials, and these are just like, you know, gospel. But it's really like they're like calculated series of like political decisions designed to put the thumb on the scale for the ruling class, to criminalize certain classes, and to like let other classes skate and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just we need to constantly be ringing that bell, I think. Yeah. And then just throwing more, you know, back to like, you know, uh, you know, making it necessary for, uh, I guess, districts like places, cities, whatever, to fund police and also just like, you know, protecting police because we all know they're sociopathic, you know what I mean? So put this law in place, right, to like buffer them and save them, you know? So, well, you know, you, you offended the police officer and that's why you got your ass beat. It just blows my fucking mind that we really do live in a society where, like, everyone is scared of the cops. And, like, we use our money to fund them, and we feel like we can't do anything about it. 
right yeah. like that is just so ridiculous like that's like powerlessness to the key man like just like straight up powerlessness yo you've just given over all responsibility like social responsibility obligation and just placed it in the hands of these fucking psychopaths man do you yeah. think it's a continuation of just uh police have just become far and away the most powerful like political force in the country like running away so much so that like all the all the politicians are terrified of them. Yeah. Won't touch them. Won't do yeah, anything. They just want to give them more money, more training, more resources. Da 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 da, and enable their worst behaviors. I just it's yeah. Yeah, they're honestly like more maniacal and uh, statistically than the military. Yeah. Like that used to be like. <laughs> it, it's just because it's become this. It's a on top of the actual ex, like job it's like all cultural this is an all this is all like cultural theater um of how strong and it's just it it really does feel like the pinnacle of i mean i hate to say this but like toxic like this elevated toxic masculinity it's just like the worst of the worst that this could possibly get is cops (laughs) it's like a spiral of just violent Obsession, just literal obsession with violence yeah. and control. Yeah, you ever seen the way they are, man? And I mean, I fucking seen this shit when I went to the rallies of uh, the protests over the summer, man. Like these motherfuckers are itching to use those riot shields. Like they're itching to use those batons, man. Like you look at them, it's like I'm looking at like in the eyes of like an animal, like a deer or something like that. You know what I mean? Just like black pupil, just like no recognition of any humanity or anything like that. They get like excited from fucking people up it, it it's like tom said i think you put it best tom this will be in uh 500 years when they're digging through the remains uh whether there's future humans or there's just alien visitors they're digging through the remains of this fucked up civilization and they find <laughs> a bill like that they'll be like oh i see so they couldn't do anything about this problem so they just tried to make it illegal for you to even look at a cop the wrong way so that they wouldn't blow your fucking head off like oh okay that's how yeah. like that's how beholden they were to the violence and, and influence of these people. Yeah, yeah, good. Riddance. It's also like yeah. <clears throat> it's only. I mean, what I don't know the percents, but it, like the times that cops are actually reprimanded or fired for something is so so low. Oh yeah, you know it's so so low, and this is going to make it I, I, impossible. Yeah, I would say it's about zero percent right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard well, to get it's... fired as a cop. Yeah. Or if you do, you could just go somewhere else. So you could go to another county. Yeah, exactly. City. And now it's like they're not. You're right. Yeah, right. Or God forbid, you go work security at a school or something. Right. Right. Jesus fucking. Christ. And you know what? We have a strong labor climate to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let the our... police unions in the DSA. <laughs> um, police are workers, baby. <laughs> All right, so I have a final thing I want to read here. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but that's okay because this thing I'm going to read doesn't really have an ending. So I'm going to give away the ending before we read it because I was reading it and I was eating it up and it was like a delicious meal and I was just, I was like, I can't wait to get to the final course. And the final <laughs> course never came. All all the first, uh, all the first, uh, you know, our d'oeuvres and everything, all the first courses, they were um, delectable, but it doesn't have a payoff. And the reason why, which is that I realized, is that 
It's it's an article. It was in the Washington Post. It's about three or four thousand words of a, a rich family from New York moving to Boulder, Colorado, and over the course of the essay, I was like, "All right, this has got to be moving somewhere. This is gonna be moving." Somewhere. Yeah, I love it already. But uh, but it do, it doesn't ever get anywhere. But I'll, and I'll and I'll and I'll show you why. So this is in the Washington Post. I moved my family from Brooklyn to Boulder. It was rocky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're off to a good start. Great writing so far. Great writing. In the spring of 2020, my four-year-old son, Finn, sat on a rock at the Walter Orr Roberts trailhead, shoeless and wailing. Now, I just want to point out, Trillbillies has a strict no-child policy, but I'm assuming... I'm, it, I'm assuming name's... these aren't their real names. Surely she wouldn't. No, surely no parent would put their own children's real names in a story. My little, my little bitch ass youngest Finn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna operate on that assumption and hope that I'm correct. Hopefully that this person is not su- such a fucking dumbass that they would put their ki- kids out there like this. Um, he wailed as a steady stream of hikers passed by, chatting beneath their gaiters and masks. He wailed as other small children skipped alongside their parents. He wailed as I begged, implored, and ultimately threatened him to put on his shoes or else he'd lose his iPad privileges. This being Boulder, Colorado, a place that remained preternaturally relaxed, even at the height of a pandemic, nobody seemed especially judgmental, but I felt terrible. These Coloradans had come to enjoy the flat irons, those majestic stone waves frozen mid-crest against the sky. Instead, they found a couple of New Yorkers throwing a tantrum. Finn was refusing to put on his hiking sandals, shoes that most of the population, including children, wear like second skin. The sandals had good (laughs) treads. This is, you're right, Tom, this is literally this woman insulting her child in a national publication, (laughs) calling him a bitch. Um... The sandals had good treads, were breathable, and dried quickly when wet. In short, perfect for a town where you could rock climb, mountain bike, and tube a river in a single afternoon. Finn, however, wore cheap Target sneakers, rubbed slick. Why, I moaned to myself, couldn't he be just like a boulder kid? But I knew the answer. This wasn't his home. He was a Brooklynite, a boy who had been abruptly taken west at the onset of the pandemic. Before we got here, Finn had never been on a hike. <laughs> Aside <Imagine> from that. <laughs> I, I, I like I, that that sentence is so fucked up. I moaned to myself, couldn't he be? Why couldn't he be just like a Boulder kid? He like he he refused to wear his slick sandals and only wears the Target sneakers. First of all, but here's like, the, here's the thing about it. Like knowing what I know about Boulder, this is not really a learning curve. Like Boulder's basically like Brooklyn with mountains. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What was the What was the shit like? People were losing their minds about like a couple weeks ago, man. A while back, the dad with the soup, the can of soup, where he was like basically. Bean I mean, dad. I don't really. I don't Bean really. Would, yeah, I don't really would have made like cast aspersions on the guy. Like maybe, maybe he's just like I don't want to cast any aspersions of child abuse, but this just feels like this person is just like beating up on their child, yo. It's like your fucking kid that you raised. Like, why are you shitting on your kid like this, man? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, like you had. This says more about you than you're willing to admit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Before we got here, Finn had never been on a hike. Aside from the three flights of stairs required to reach our apartment, his existence was primarily horizontal. 
We'd gotten him on the trail only by promising videos and ice cream. Now I hoped our bolder sojourn might motivate him to try some new adventures, appreciate a different kind of childhood. Instead, he'd become a grouch, hunkering down in the safety of his proverbial Brooklyn trash can. Our friends back home were trapped in their apartments, their daily soundtrack filled with sirens. Sure, Boulder playgrounds were shuttered all spring, just as they were in Brooklyn, but it didn't matter because we had seemingly infinite space. Plains to the east, mountains to the west, big sky overhead. In other words, an ideal place to ride out of quarantine. It was an opportunity for us to test drive a new kind of existence, even be a different kind of family. But not if we, re but not if we refuse to do things the Boulder way. Um, our family of four, here we get into it. Here, this is the good stuff. What is the Boulder way? <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, our family of four, our two sons, then four and 14 months, my husband, Jason, and I, were among the roughly 4,200,000 New Yorkers who left town when the pandemic struck. We lived in a... How many? 4,200,000. <clears> <throat> Out of a city what? of 8 million. That's, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that, yeah. but it's pretty crazy. Um, th but this is, this is it. We lived in a 1,000-square-foot apartment in the northern end of Park Slope, Brooklyn. Relatively spacious oh digs by New York standards. Like, that's... That's a huge, I mean, like, that's a huge apartment for, for like, Park Slope. I mean, I, they probably pay, like, $80,000 a month. <laughs> Not really, but it's probably incredibly exorbitant. Um, then, in mid-March, we learned that schools were shutting down. Jason and I were incredibly fortunate to keep our jobs, which meant we'd both be working from home while running virtual school and caring for our baby. The apartment had four rooms. It was going to be terrible. Caring for fans, pussy ass. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't about to spend a pandemic in a four-room apartment with my bitch-ass son. <laughs> I feel like that's not that bad. Like, a thousand square feet, four rooms. Like, these people just couldn't have it. This they is might a park not slope, right? Park slope, yeah. There's a lot of people that live in... Far less square footage with far more people. <laughs> Man, Park Slope. I don't know if y'all y'all have been there, but I used to work there. That that place is not a. Uh, I don't really understand how you could live unhappily in Park Slope. It's, right. It's, it's you know what I mean. It's nice. It's it's nice. Very it's nice. Very nice. Um, our parents. Our parents begged us to leave. Mine live in the D.C. suburbs where coronavirus infections were climbing. That left Boulder, where my in-laws had moved seven months before. Colorado seemed much safer. In less than 24 hours, we threw clothing into a couple of suitcases, bought plane tickets, and gave the contents of our fridge to a neighbor. They moved to Boulder in 24 hours. <laughs> like just on a whim. <laughs> on a whim. <laughs> just oh because God. someone got the sniffles. <laughs> I mean, like, this was in the early pandemic. This wasn't even, like... Yeah, I know. It's like, damn, they had the foresight. Most people were like, eh, it'll be a month or two. We'll ride it out. <laughs> oh, my God. Shit. Oh, man. Um, Boulder is a city of roughly 108,000 people, uh, th 30 miles northwest of Denver and on the front range of the Rocky Mountains. It is pristine with about 50... <laughs> By that, they mean there's no homeless people or people of color. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With it's about pure. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's pure as the driven snow. Yes. 
<laughs> pristine, if you know what I mean. They're winking heavily. If we, if, if we could only get University of Colorado to uh, to suspend their basketball team, we would finally achieve. <laughs> we would finally be at peace. Uh, um. It is pristine with about 50,000 acres of public open space, and it is wealthy with a median household income of about $103,000. God damn. <laughs> Pretty well. What? 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 And what? Three. Half everybody walking around makes six figures. <laughs> <laughs> That's the median? That's the median income, yes. What the fuck? That's in, you know what the, the median income here is like twenty two. No, no, Tanya, it's lower. The median income in Letcher County is about sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like fourteen to sixteen, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, twenty twenty two would be a come up. <laughs> um, if you remove the open space and significantly homogenize the population, homogenize the population. Yo! <laughs> Boulder and gentrified Brooklyn have a lot in common. <laughs> yo yo what um cold brew is abundant i traded hungry ghost in prospect heights for beliza off alpine avenue i don't know what any of this shit is independent breweries abound boulder even ho- boasts a ska themed brew stillery and vegan ice cream is plentiful. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Goth? Stop. Did you say goth themed? Ska. Ska. Stop. It's even worse. Ska. Ska. You said a, a ska themed what? A ska. A ska themed brew stillery. Yo. What is up? Listen, I'm sorry, but these are the worst kinds of white people, yo. Like that ass. Like, these are the worst kinds of white people, yo. It's so easy to just not be, like, offensive and racist, but just that comparison between a homogenized, like, you know, like, what Boulder and, like, Park Slope. That's just like, what are you actually saying? Right, right. She said, yeah. I I have never heard the word brew stillery i have not either i assume it just means they distill and brew there i i think so yeah oh so support and mob whatever the combination two words yeah what i'm having a hard time with is the ska thing (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's certainly another layer but the whole thing is a mess continue terrence pick it up um gelato boy on pearl street in lieu of van leeuwen um, the boutiques are cute if overpriced. CBD, the cannabis derivative, is everywhere and in everything. Kombucha is on tap. A lot of brands you might associate with Brooklyn are based in Boulder, like Justin's Nut Butters and Bobo's Snack Bars. The Whole Foods Market near my in-law. They, this, these Who associates those places with Brooklyn? All right. Who cares about any of this? It's just too. Like, what does this have to do with the article? When I think whole... of Brooklyn, I definitely think of Justin's Nut Butters. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt about that. I mean, have y'all ever read? Have y'all ever read American Psycho? Yeah, I've yeah. read parts of it. I mean, I've seen the, the movie. There are literal pages in American Psycho. Like, there are segments of American Psycho that are like ten or fifteen straight pages of him just listing products. Yeah, and the uh, the 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 what he's trying to get across here is that these people aren't anything. They are just yeah. an accumulation of various products. And that's what uh, and she's it, doing. And if anything, they're sociopathic because through the banality, like, you know, you find out that these people are like soulless and don't actually fucking believe in anything. Right. Jesus, man. Yeah. I mean, she just keeps going on. Whole Foods Market, Gotham Greens, uh, 
various broth tonic. <laughs> I mean, like broth tonic. Oh, man. Broth tonic. Um, they have not met one person since they moved there. No. <laughs> um, no. Both towns are unabashedly progressive. Brooklyn and Boulder is what she's referring to. Both are called quote unquote bubbles by residents who are sorry and also not sorry to be sheltered from the quote unquote real America. You see a lot of Black Lives Matter signs, though Boulderites have actual lawns in which to stake this claim. I found one while walking on a rural stretch of 47th Street in North Boulder. <sighs> the view is breathtaking, and this is the thing that uh, just uh, <laughs> uh, really got me. The view is breathtaking. Fields stretching toward the lush foothills, scattered tractors and barns. I felt a flash of surprise, if only because the other places I'd been to looked like this place. Certain parts of West Virginia and rural Maine often had signs suggesting a very different political viewpoint. (laughs) It reminded me that a swath of rural farmland wasn't itself a political thing. It was merely land. We imposed our values and perceptions on it. Standing before the Black Lives Matter sign, I turned in a full circle, taking in the expanse. I suddenly understood how lucky and privileged we were to be here. So basically what she's saying is... <laughs> Yo. We love Black Lives Matter signs. We do not love black people. We yeah. want those signs, but not any humans. But then, but then the image of the, like her spinning around and taking it in full circle. Yes. <laughs> like Just like soaking this in, man. Oh my God, yo. These people are the The pristine worst. white people. <laughs> yo, these people the should black never have Black Lives kids. Matter signs. Well, it's, uh, it's also an interesting thing here because... I'm going to guess gun to the head. Let's say, let's say we had a race war tomorrow. Why not? Let's just <laughs> why not? Let's just say it. Yeah. Hypothetically. 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 You were to put a gun to the head of one of these uh, hypothetical people with the Black Lives Matter sign in front of your yards and told them to pick a side. Um, whose side do you think they're going to take? Do you think they're going to take uh, the actual Black Lives uh, side of which their signs um, advertise? Or do you think they're going to side with the people who put the Confederate flags signs on their yards that, she's, that she hates in Maine and West Virginia? I'm, I'm going to uh, just go out on a limb here and say that um, there's really substantively no difference, the, the functional value anyways, of... When uh, a person with an income of $105,000 a year in a Tony gentrified neighborhood of Boulder, Colorado, puts a Black Lives Matter in this house, we believe science and et cetera. Like, there's really no substance difference between that. I'm just saying this for hyperbole because now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm, no, I'm not sure if I... <laughs> no, listen, you're absolutely right. Yo, I know this for a fact. Here in Atlanta, in gentrified neighborhoods in Atlanta, you'll see the Black Lives Matter signs or the love is love and shit. These are the first fucking people that will call the cops as soon as a fucking black person steps on their fucking lawn, yo. Right. It's, it's, this is not hyperbole. It is absolutely fucking right. Like, I Bro, know I this shit. Not from my personal experience, but from people that I know. Like These people <laughs> do not believe in that shit at all, man. Right, they no. will it's pick. Like they the, will pick. The, they will pick the other side. So that's nah. a, in, in New Orleans, you have the same thing. Like I don't. I don't know. There's a city that's been more racked by gentrification than New Orleans, just because of its relative size to other places that have been like crazy gentrified too. But you walk through Uptown in New Orleans, for example, and you'll see uh, a Volvo with Vermont tags on it, 
in, you know, in a house, uh, you know, one of the, the shotgun houses, you know, with the, you know, the, you know, the New Orleans style. They'll have signs in the yard. They'll say, like, you are welcome here. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter, all these mm. things. But then they'll say uh, something about, like, addressing the gun violence. And it's like, right. yeah, mm. we are welcome here because we were here. It's you that's not <laughs> yeah. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Like, the audacity this- of somebody coming into a neighborhood like that, buying up all that shit, and then saying, you are welcome here if you speak... Whatever you are, welcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but they probably have some kind. They probably. I love to imagine them all with like little Confederate flags somewhere buried deep in their house, just in case they need to pull it out. So like, <laughs> they got in mothballs. <laughs> little white, yeah, and like, well, it's like that. What? What's the show? Uh, Watchmen. Yeah. Where the guy dies and they find the full clan yeah. outfit in his closet. All of them actually have all these clan suits in their closets. Yeah. What? What I love yeah, so much about this. What I love so much about this section is she's quite literally saying, let's say you're a rich, wealthy person like me from Park Slope, but you want to get away. But you um, you don't want to go to West Virginia where those nasty, gross hillbillies are got Confederate flags in their yards and stuff. Well, there's a place that's just like that. It's even better, and it's fact. It's pristine. No one's th- no one is poor. In fact, <laughs> and it's and it's Boulder, Colorado. And to top it all off, instead of Confederate flags, they have Black Lives Matter signs. I mean, it's just a perfect example of how they create their own reality because they have the money to do it, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's just an empty set of cultural signifiers and virtue signals <laughs> that don't mean anything. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I mean, you see that happen in like Asheville, North Carolina. I mean, I, we don't have to, you know, play the greatest hits of gentrification and and like sort of yuppie <laughs> development. But like, it it is it is kind of strange that like if you have enough money, you can just change your reality and your circumstances and your luck all in one fell swoop, while the rest of us are kind of at the mercy of our circumstances. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there is a race war tomorrow, <laughs> it will be blamed on the WAP performance on the Grammys. Um, yeah. You know what this makes me think too, man? I think this is an omen for like, because I know they moved because of the pandemic, but what happens when like there are climate refugees, right? Especially like in the South, you know, when people in the South, it's going to be getting hotter, you know, we're going to see more hurricanes and shit. And people are either going to move like to the west coast or to the northeast or wherever what can i mean i don't fucking know what's going to happen then are we going to get more stories like this from like honestly they're all probably yeah yeah, they're all probably going to have to move to appalachia and the rockies (laughs) to a high elevation and write op-eds about it jesus dude that is going to produce some really funny goddamn content um just that clash of cultures like these people having to live side by side with (laughs) i don't know um, well, I mean, there's more here. I mean, there is literally t- probably a good 2,000, 2,500 more words in this essay. And it is drivel. It is literally about how her son, Finn, came to <laughs> like uh, scrabbling on rocks. How he came to like like hiking over some rocks and streams and stuff. That's it. There's nothing else. A white child learns to play outside. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so sorry. Crazy. crazy. Insane. <laughs> I feel so bad for that kid, man. I have I have a I have a, a serious question about this that's who thought it wise to 
sit down and commit this to paper and then who thought it wise to say you know what i'm gonna see if the washington post wants to run this is that where it's at it's oh in washington and, it, and it's a huge write-up it's a it's like a feature story and so it has about a half dozen photos like they sent a photographer to boulder and took photos of boulder like the nightlife oh, that kid's little slick ass shoe <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, well, got pics of his shoes. what's funny about all this is I thought like that safari type shit, like everybody had had their feel of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and this ain't even like safari type shit because it's, it's fucking Boulder. But like, I thought that like the other America kind of shit, the mm-hmm. other America explaining, like I thought that shit, like, I don't know, we've talked about this on the show. It's like, God damn, I don't want to keep doing this show and we just got, got to keep talking about the other America or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's amazing they're still like, a Jones for that, dude. Yeah. Well, like I thought, we were well past that. Honestly, what they're saying with this one is that they're saying that there is a slice of the normal, correct America right in the middle of Colorado. That's what they're saying. They're saying that it's the other America is all around us, but you don't have to go to those places if you don't want to. You can go to the correct place where there's wealthy exactly. people and it's pristine. Wink, wink. Yeah, Colorado Springs. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to move to Kinston, North Carolina, but you might want to check out Asheville. Right, exactly. No. That's what they're saying. Dude, we talked to Mike Davis about this, but um, that really has been a project of the last 20 or 30 years. This, the dude from Weinsberg wrote that book about it, The Big Sort. It is quite yeah. literally people accumulating in geographic areas. It's excerpts. It's people accumulating in geographic areas and bringing their views and prejudices and beliefs with them in creating their own communities because they have the money to do so yeah well if you have the money to do so and you can move that far that means that that other america just doesn't exist like like mm-hmm. you guys were saying you can literally like reshape your reality to like your views your mores and like raise a family there and it'll be fine yeah yeah it's crazy it's kind of wild mike davis shout out bill bishop in that episode that was <laughs> kind of a curve i was like yeah that was tight um well anyways i guess before we go i want to read before we we're, before we move on to this and close out i want to read this like the scene that she describes in downtown boulder of this clash this clash in political forces oh god <laughs> the shit i can't handle um There was plenty to be engaged by in Boulder. It just looked and sounded different. Instead of New York's 7 p.m. clap for frontline workers, Boulderites howled like wolves every evening at 8. I thought it was actual animals until Jason explained what was happening. (laughs) That's her husband. Um, The same was true of the city's political expression. Before the November elections, three corners on a stretch of 28th Street were monopolized every Saturday by advocates. On one corner, there was a modest showing of Biden-Harris supporters, including a handful of Latino first-time voters from the University of Colorado. Opposite from a massive Trump-Pence bus and a throng of MAGA folk, led by an organizer in an... Oh, opposite was a massive Trump-Pence bus in a throng of MAGA folk, led by an organizer in an Indian headdress. On the ground beside him, someone had written, The Working Class is Intersectional in Yellow Chalk. Only in a place like Boulder would the Trumpers, who ordinarily criticized anything that smacked of wokeness, use a word like intersectional. Like, she's so stupid she doesn't even realize they're doing it as a joke. She thinks yeah. they're <laughs> earnestly using the word intersectional. 
<laughs> She's like, you don't get to use that word. <clears throat> oh my god. Um, I mean, it's just like I said, it's just more drivel like that. Uh, you know. Um, so you said it never goes anywhere. Where? How does it end? The last paragraph. Um, it, she talks about uh, walking with her Finn, her son Finn, on a dusty trail. Oh, he. <laughs> That's right. It ends by him learning to enjoy playing outside. Yes. Um, Finn read ahead of, ran ahead of us on a dusty trail, jumping on top of and over every rock he could find. We managed to hike for nearly 20 minutes before he announced that he was tired and ready to turn around. Jason and I looked at each other. 40 minutes total isn't terrible, I said. Right? It's not like we have a choice, Jason said. We headed back the way we'd come. By the time we neared the parking lot, our toddler had fallen asleep in this carrier, and Finn was asking for his iPad when he I got I thought home. you were going to say the toddler fell asleep in the car. He <laughs> <laughs> left him in there. <laughs> um, nearby, someone's kid was throwing a fit. A bolder kid, not my kid. Sure, I said to Finn, watch as much as you want. Jennifer Miller is the author of four books. Her next, about first-generation college students, will be published by Farrar, Strauss, and Jarreau. <laughs> First generation oh college students, okay. Dude, these uh, dude, I'm telling you, this has got to be at least a 3,000 word thing. I mean, just yo, the, fucking This shit is just pornographic, man. This <laughs> is stupid <laughs> bourgeois dribble, man. But also, I got to say this, and this is all I'll say about boulders. There's currently a, um, a uh, prohibition on moving to Boulder if you remember Peter's out for Bernie. <laughs> There's at least two members that have sworn never to set foot to the city's limits again until <laughs> their decidedly progressive values go the opposite direction. I see. <laughs> there is like an oil and gas industry around there, right? Is that what they're... Yeah, they all live in Loveland, which I think is kind of... Or two of them, or one of them now, but two of them used to. I see, yeah. I mean, I've been to Boulder. I mean, I've been to Denver a lot. I got a lot of friends that live in Denver. Denver's I don't hate Denver. But Boulder is pretty uh I, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's it's where you want to be, I guess, if you're a liberal, a ri- a wealthy liberal uh Brooklyn refugee. <clears throat> so. You love West Virginia but hate West Virginians, Colorado's for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's how it goes. That is literally that is literally the message of this. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants the water. That's so fucking funny, Tanya. That is. Literally. Nobody wants the uh, the devil's milkshake. Oh, all right. Um, well, that about sums it up for this week. Um, any final words, gang? Good luck with the storms coming. It's about to be Wizard of Oz shit all over the south. Yeah. Not looking forward to that shit. Again, again, and again, and again. It's just like, if you're buying million-dollar properties in the swamplands, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll take else? my stimmy and go to Boulder. What else uh, <laughs> What else are they saying about those shootings in Atlanta, Aaron? You know anything else? Well, I mean, as far as I know right now, uh, authorities have said that it's not racially motivated because the guy said... That he was driven because of his addiction to sex, so he actually what? didn't want to go to uh, Atlanta. He wanted to go. I forget what other, forget what state or where else in Atlanta or else in Georgia he wanted to go. But he said that uh, I guess this was the closest place. Which 
He was coming from like my thing is coming from like kind of up north, man. So I don't understand how through traffic, like he got here really fucking fast and was really like you know, like uh, yeah, obviously all that like, shit happened in like an hour, and there's like yeah, it's a and pretty good the, distance between them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're thirty. It's thirty miles between the places. Yeah, yeah, it, it takes you. It takes you like about an hour and a half to get from where he was coming from, man. So I don't. Atlanta's a I, bitch to drive to, in anyway. Yeah, yeah, he had to target these two specific places filled with Asian women. Yeah, yeah. Like he he knew. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck was going on? Because it's just a place with like strip clubs and like you know like these massage parlors. So I mean, I don't know. As far Do as I think, know, they're they're not they're they're saying it's not racially motivated. So uh, you know. Yeah. Nothing is in America. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Did, do you think that he thinks that he will get a worse sentencing for a hate crime than just a regular run of the mill? I was pissed off about my about my limp dick. Uh, maybe, maybe. I think also too that the lo- the law enforcement they don't want to you know you know how these motherfuckers roll, man. They don't want to acknowledge that shit, you know. Yeah, and it's not like we're ever going to hear from his old dick, the guy who's now locked up. Let's exactly. He's going to be like, no, no, I didn't say that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're never going to hear from his dumbass. No, yeah. You know what they're going to do, too, is probably have more cops, you know, patrolling that shit. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw, like, something uh, pushed forward in the Georgia house that was just completely, like, banning sex work in these kind of, like, massage parlors. I wouldn't be surprised right. if that happens. That's who's yeah. going to be... That's who's going to be completely fucked. I mean, how, and they took this motherfucker totally unharmed again. Oh, yeah, probably course. took him through a Wendy's drive-thru. Where'd they get him? Was he on the scene? No, I think he went through a different county. They found him in a different county. They got reports from the cops there where it happened at that he was headed up. Um, I guess he was spotted and he was headed up north, so that's where they caught him at. And they just real carefully just put him in yeah. the car. Gave him an escort. Calm. Yep. Your Uber's here, sir. Yeah, yeah it's like that's the, the wages of uh, you know, you have a president that says China virus every day on the TV, and then on top of that, you know, just the continuing criminalization of sex work and everything else. It's just it's man, a perfect it's storm, fucked, man. It's so dark. Yeah, yeah man. <clears throat> yeah, cause it's crazy. He was like, "Oh, it wasn't race. It was about sex workers." <laughs> like, okay, mother. Yeah, like, like that's any better or whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> Like, you can't also hate sex wow. workers and women and Asian people. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Ruby's trying to get in to say hi to y'all. Oh. Hi, Ruby. Hi, um, Ruby. Well, go to the Patreon if you'd like to give us some money and get some extra content every week dropped straight into your mailbox or your inbox every Sunday. You want to say hi? Hi, She's Ruby. not too big to pick up. Say hi. Aww, sweet pup. Big Rube. Ruby's growing. Big Rubes. She's so big. She's big. I weighed her at my mom's because I don't have a scale here. Um, and she weighed like 22 pounds. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Tanya. Like, That's going to be a huge ass dog. <laughs> I know, dude. I don't know what I'll do. Her legs are so long. You're going to feed she her. Big I mean, legs look at a bit, right? An entire bag of food a week. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, God. she's gonna be a monster. Look God damn, that's up. gonna be a big ass dog. It's only like it's only like two months old right now. <laughs> Bigger than a small child, man. God damn. It's okay. a small child right there. All right, we'll go to the Patreon so Tanya can afford to feed her horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I was missing Penny the Pony so much. <laughs> I had to get my own. <laughs> 
All right, uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trobilly Workers Party. Give us some love. Um, and uh, we'll see you there. If we don't see you there, we'll see you next week here on the main feed. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Peace out. Bye.